whether you acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and Savior or not, everyone in this room wonders what purpose looks like, right? What is my purpose in life? And I don't have six hours to break this down for you because life and purpose can be so big, right? But there's a lot of little nuggets that I want to share with you and what does purpose really look like? Because for everybody in this room, purpose may look a little different, right? What does purpose look like? Purpose is what? Purpose is my job. Well, not all the time. Purpose is the family I raise. Well, not all the time. Purpose is what I love. Yeah, that's involved too, but purpose is a lot bigger than that. Purpose is what is kingdom and what does God want for his kingdom and how you fit in it. Does that, does that make sense? So how many of you ever, show of hands, how many of you have you tried to put a puzzle together? Anybody ever done a 500 piece, 1,000 piece puzzle, whatever the number is? Some of you like 25 <laughs> giant pieces like, this is easy, I love this. But how many ever try to put a puzzle together? Yeah? Show of hands, honestly. Okay, so I like puzzles. Um, now question, second question. Now show of hands. How many have ever tried to put a puzzle together without the picture? Super hard? Is it the same? No, it's not the same. You could like it. You could enjoy the thrill. But my goodness, I could look at a bunch of pieces and go, this, is, this doesn't make sense. Right? If you got a picture of it, then maybe you can get an understanding and piece that together. If you don't have a picture of it, it becomes increasingly difficult. So here's what I'm talking about. What does purpose look like? Because if we can look at what purpose looks like, then we can be easily begin to look at the pieces and go, this belongs here, and this belongs here, and this part of my life belongs here. Does that make sense? And so, as I talk about what does purpose look like, I want to talk about a, a guy by the name of John. John had a specific purpose. And before birth, and before he could even qualify himself for the task, God called John to be the one to set the pace for Jesus Christ, the Son of God. John was called to set the tone for the Savior, the Messiah, the one that will die for the sins of the world. So let me ask you a question. What purpose do you have in Christ? And for some of you in this room or some of you online listening, which we welcome here today, maybe you're asking yourself, what am I here for? I think we've all asked that at some point, yes? Why am I here? Some of you showed up in a house and a party and you said, why am I here? I saw a shirt the other day that said, sorry I'm late, but I didn't want to come. <laughs> Which makes me wonder when people arrive at church late, I don't know, I'm just, just to throw that out there. I can say that, right? I just did. So let's take a look at the life of John for a moment, right? The life of John. See, John, John was a man that laid the groundwork for Jesus Christ, the Son of God. When you have someone that lays the groundwork for, let's say, hmm, I don't know, the Messiah, that's probably a life you should look at. And that life consisted of 
wearing strange clothes, eating strange food, and yelling in the wilderness. Who's going with me after service? Anybody? Some of you are like, that sounds like my weekend. (laughs) I went camping. (laughs) But the truth is that every one of us at some point in life, you know, we ask ourselves, what is our purpose? John was raised for a purpose, and his purpose was to blaze a trail for the Savior. So now listen, I don't got a full, full, long sermon this morning, but I do have some thoughts I want to share with you about purpose. And we look at John's purpose, and here he was doing what I'm not sure his mom or dad ever imagined him doing. Can you imagine John the Baptist, John the Baptist, John the Baptist in his, let's say his little uh, stroller at some point, they didn't have probably like strollers like we know today, but maybe he was in his, his little bed, right? And they were looking at him and going, aren't you going to be a great wilderness yeller? Yes, you are. You want some locusts and honey? You want some locusts and honey? People be calling authorities on that parent, right? Steve, did you just see she's going to give that baby locusts and honey? Get the authorities on them. No, nobody, the mother didn't look at John and say, this is what you're going to do. John had a calling while he was in the womb. God had a calling for you when you were in the womb. Why do we defend babies? Because they got a calling on the leg before they even breathe the air you're breathing right now. God called John from the womb. He was moving, shaking. When Mary came to visit Elizabeth, what happened? He leapt in the womb. He moved in the womb. Why? Because something has entered his presence. The one that I am to set the tone for. Somebody just walked in the room. Somebody walked in that I acknowledge. When Jesus walks in the room, do you acknowledge him? Do you say, yes, Lord? Does your heart shake? Lord, speak to me. If it doesn't, start telling yourself, love Jesus like you love that next paycheck. Love Jesus even more than you love that next paycheck. Come on, somebody. Come on, let him be your stimulus. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Jesus has been stimulizing my life for years, telling me, I want to do more with you. And sometimes that rubbing of my life is so that he can wake me up. You ever try to wake up a kid that's dead asleep? Like they are like comatose. You ever try to wake them up? You like you start with a gentle nudge, and then you start shaking them really good, and like eh. then they start making noises that you're like, what is that? And then you gotta really get up, and then you then you kind of resort to threatening, right? That's kind of what happens. But usually you you st- get up. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You gotta get up. Sometimes God is like, come on, you gotta get up. Your purpose matters to me. Your purpose matters to God. And what I believe for a lot of people, some in this room, some online, and some that don't even know I'm talking right now, God is waking, trying to wake them up and say, listen. Wake up. I got a word for you. I got a word for the church. I got a calling for you. I have purpose for you. Come on, somebody. 
So how do we be faithful? How do we become faithful? Because, you see, John was chosen before birth for a specific work, right? He didn't receive his calling after providing himself worthy or going through Bible college. And y'all like, yeah, well, he would have went to a Baptist college because he was John the Baptist. No, he baptized people. It was not a denominational thing. Okay? It wasn't John the Pentecostal, John the Seventh-day Adventist. It, it, was, it was what he was doing. Why? Because his purpose was defined by his actions, just like yours. So what do they call you? What do they call you? They used to call me Tony the Drummer. They need a drummer, Tony, get up on there, drum. Then after a while, when God called me to preach, Tony, the speaker. And then I was a youth pastor, Tony, the youth pastor, right? As a student in college, Tony, the college student. And then I became an evangelist, evangelist Tony. They define you by what you do. So what do they define you by? What do you do? That's a loaded question, I know. How do I? How do I get myself into a place to be faithful to God? What does purpose look like? Well, unlike John the Baptist, we don't always know what God has called us to do immediately, right? Sometimes we wonder about that. And, and I want to tell you that there are two specific types of calling, general and specific. Let me tell you something. You don't have to pray about prayer. You're called to pray. That's a general calling, yes? Some of you are like, you want me to pray, Pastor? Well, let me pray about that. Wait, what? <laughs> Pray about prayer. Sure, uh, do that. <laughs> that's, a that's, a, that's a very general calling. Specific calling is different. You don't have to pray about generosity. That's a call of the church. You don't have to pray about serving. That's a call to church. We're all called to serve. I don't care who you are, what you do, where you've been. God is calling people to serve in some way or another. Maybe it's serving your neighbor. Maybe somebody that's been going through some things. Maybe you need to bring groceries to the house. Maybe you need to lift them up. Maybe you need to take them to their appointment next time they need a ride. Those are general things that God has called each of us to do. But then there are specific callings. A general calling is a calling that all Christians are commanded to do, but a specific calling is one unique to everyone. And like John the Baptist, the key is to always pursue God's calling. And here he was preparing the way of the Lord. That was his purpose. That was his job. That was his assignment. And so you may not know what you're, you'll be doing in the next 10 years, but you have, to, you have to have a specific calling that you're doing right now. See, you may not know your 10-year plan. 10 years from now, where are you going to be? Not everybody in this room knows what they're going to be doing in 10 years, right? I would say most of us maybe, maybe don't know what we're doing in 10 years. But we do know this. He's called us to do something right now. And that's what really matters to God. Amen? Amen? God chooses the unqualified for his work. Hello? Unqualified standing right before you. I lost my dad at the age of seven. A lot of people wrote me off. A lot of people said, well, that Puerto Rican is going to be another statistic in the line of all New Yorkers growing up in the Bronx that lost their dad early. He's going to be a statistic. There's people that literally you know, are writing people off early because, well, they lost their dad. They lost their this, didn't they? They're going to be having a hard time moving forward. I could have sat there on that, but I didn't. I decided that God will be my father and everybody else will fill in the void as needed. And I trusted that God will do that. Amen? Yeah. 
and God did that more so running over. But let's talk for a moment about 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Turn there with, you, with me if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 27. And I want to share this, uh, this one verse with you for just a moment. Uh, a couple verses here actually. 27, 28, and 29. I'll give you a moment to turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 27, 28, and 29. And this is out of the New Living Translation so it may be a little different from yours. But here's what it says. Instead... God chose the things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despite, despised rather by the world, things counted as nothing at all and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. Now watch this last verse. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. So what does he do? He blesses you. He calls you to something. Those of you that don't have gifts, you'll be like, I don't really have a gift. That does not matter in God's eyes. The question is, are you willing? If you're willing to hear it, he's willing to give it. And so if you're willing today, God is willing to give that. So what am I saying? The last verse says this. No one can ever boast in the presence of God. What does that mean? That means that you are not the center of the attention. Right? You're not, the middle, you're not the center of focus. God is. Because you yourself and in yourself, you don't have all the tools. So God is going to fill in all the gaps and he's going to get the glory. Are you okay with that? Raise your hand if you're okay with God getting the glory for that. Right? Well, I want to help somebody. and um, Yeah, that was me. I helped them. That person that needed something, that was me. Oh, that person over here. Who gave that? That was me. I gave that check. No, if that's, your th- if that's your thrust in it, trust me, you got, your thank- you got your thank you. God doesn't acknowledge the ones that we get thank yous here. If man gives you thank you, God doesn't have to. But if I lay low and I give and I serve and I love and I provide and I help, come on somebody, how many appreciate when somebody stepped, stepped up and helped you at a time when you were going through them? Yes? Listen, that's what God is, God is saying. Listen, I helped you, now you help somebody else. That's how it works. So purpose, specific callings, is so that God would receive the glory, not each of us. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about how the body is one, but there are many parts. And we hear about this in 1 Corinthians 12, which I'm not going to go ahead and read the whole thing, but 1 Corinthians 12 says, yes, the body has many different parts, but not just one part. There are many parts. It's one body, but there's not just one part. There's many parts, and everybody in this room represents a part of the body in some way, shape, or form. We were talking about this in men's breakfast yesterday. We had a great fellowship yesterday, and we were talking about this, how there are people in your life that are called to do certain things. How many of you have somebody in your life that you could talk to about anything, right? You have those type of people, right? Then you have people in your life that are tough talkers, right? They're the snipers in your life. They're the ones in your life that, like... Uh, Get this together in your life. This is, this is a little rough, man. You, you, know, you need those tough talkers in your life, right? And then you have other people that just hear you, and they're, they're the, that, that Barnabas encouragers, like, you're going to get through this. And you just, sometimes you just need that, right? How many of you sometimes just need somebody to listen to you? Sometimes some of you just need somebody to say, it's going to be all right, right? Sometimes you don't need somebody to just tell you everything you've done wrong. Or everything you need to do moving forward. And as men, come on men, listen up closely. Listen to me. I'm going to give you a tip. You ready? Don't try to fix every problem that comes your way. Learn to discern 
where you're supposed to fix your, your, your hand toward fixing, and other times you're supposed to just fix your ears on and just hear it. Because my wife sometimes will come with me with something, and I'm like, here, I got a way to fix this. Let's fix it like this. And sometimes she'll look at me and go, I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to hear me. I think Christians need to learn that there's a role in that in the body too. You don't need to fix everything everybody's going through. You can't, right? But you can be a part of the body. And so John knew that in order to follow Christ, he needed to set the tone. And here it is, ready? John knew that his job was to tell people to what? Repent. Repentance needed to take place. And then we look at John leading the path when he was then removed from this planet Earth physically. Then Jesus came forward and his ministry begun. And at that point, Jesus was then preaching that not only should we repent, but we must be born again. What does that mean? That means that we are no longer ours, but we are his. We are renewed in Christ. We are new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are made new. We are born again. So John the Baptist, repent. Jesus, born again. So what am I talking about this morning as we prepare in just a few moments to baptize these candidates As we look at these candidates and what they're about to do, they're about to say, Jesus, I don't care who knows about me and you, I declare Jesus my Lord and Savior. Thank you for allowing me to be saved by your hand. Come on, somebody. Isn't that exciting? Y'all need to get excited about that, seriously. But you know what needed to happen? Needed to happen first was the repentance. We needed to come to Jesus. And maybe some of you in this room right now, maybe some of you in this room need to realize this one thought. Walk in your purpose. Walk in purpose. Because it's very easy to walk in your own thought. But when you walk in his purpose you realize that this is not about you. And so each one of us in this room, we look at John and we go, John was so great. In fact, look at me, Jesus even said greater man has no one ever known. Like John the Baptist was the man. Why? Because John the Baptist said things like, he must increase that I may decrease. What's in your life that's causing the purposes to crumble? You see, When you walk in his purpose, his kingdom matters. When you walk in your own purpose, it's only about your kingdom. Here's my my thought for you today. If you're in this room today and you've acknowledged Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that is the best decision you have ever made in your life. But maybe you're in this room today and you're saying, I've really fallen off track. I've really lost my way. I've really lost my purpose. Can I tell you right now? God is calling you to himself. You say, how do you know that? You don't know me. I don't, you don't know my story. You're right, I don't. But I know one thing. When you're lost, he wants to find you. When you're the one in this 99, he wants to bring you back. He doesn't want you lost and by yourself. He wants you with him and with the 99. Do you realize that? Like Jesus didn't just want you to just go get the one 
and leave the 99 and then go out with the one and leave the 99. He wanted to bring that one back to the 99, back to the fold. Why? Because we're better together. We're better together. And so that's not just like a bumper sticker kind of phrase or statement. It really is life, life-giving. So what am I saying to you? If you're in this room and you have not made Jesus your Lord and Savior, I want you to walk in purpose too. Maybe you're online. Let me talk to you for 30 seconds. If you're online right now and you're watching the stream, can I tell you this? If you've been looking for hope in life, you can find it in Jesus right here, right now. So all across this room for just a moment, can I have everyone just bow your heads for just a moment? Can you do that for me? Can you just, just for a moment, just close your eyes, maybe bow your heads for a moment. If you're online right now, just humor me. Just close your eyes for a moment, bow your head. I want to pray a prayer of focus and purpose. Because our calling will never, ever make sense without the active presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So we need to call upon the Holy Spirit to help us. So Father, I pray your Holy Spirit right now will speak to lives and hearts. Maybe I've pulled away. I'm asking you today, if there's anyone in this room, God, that has pulled away from their faith and realizes I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Father, you're not asking, get this right, get that right, get this right, give this amount of money, give this much to the poor, and then come to me and maybe I'll forgive you. You said, no, 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 no. Come to me and I will fix your heart's condition. Thank you for that. Thank you for that truth. We believe you and trust you today. If you're in this room today and you're saying, Pastor Tony, I've got to be honest with you. I don't really know you or maybe I, maybe I do know you, but I've been really struggling and I really need to commit my life to Jesus. And I really, I don't even know if I'm saved. I just been walk, I've been walked away and I just even know where I am anymore. Can I invite you right now just, just for three seconds to lift your hand and say, Pastor Tony, I've lost my way and I need to find my way this morning. Just for three seconds and put it right back down. Just for three seconds and put it right back down. Go. One. I see one. Anybody else? I've lost my way. I see that hand. Anybody else? I've lost my way and I need to find my route back to Jesus. Anybody else before I pray? Anybody else before I pray? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe you're online right now. Maybe you need to just say, that's me. I want purpose in my life. Last call. Anybody else? Last call. I'm going to pray. I've lost my way. I want to get right with Jesus. Father, I thank you for every person in this room that has made a commitment to you. And I also thank you for every one of them that need to renew their lives. I pray today that their hearts will be made right and their spirit will be renewed. Father, I pray for those that have needed commitment to renew themselves even now. In Jesus' name. If you're in this room and you want to commit your life to Jesus, maybe you're saying, Pastor Tony, I know Jesus. I just, maybe I just need to renew. Maybe you know Jesus already. I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Say this out loud vocally. I really want you to say this because the Bible tells us if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, Romans 10, 9, and 10, then uh, if we confess with our mouth and believe our heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, we will be saved and we believe that today in this place. So pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I want everyone in this room to 
that believes and say, Jesus, you are my savior. You are my only hope. I give my life to you. I commit myself completely to you. Forgive me of my sin and let me walk with you. I need to be made right. Help me today. I give myself to you. Hallelujah. What a beautiful prayer. What a beautiful prayer. Father, seal this prayer in their hearts, I pray. In Jesus' name.